Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. Wonderful reminder this morning. Would you stand? We're going to open up our hymnals at this time. Number 50, praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Number 50 in your books. Number 50, join us on this first verse all together now. Praise him. chapter 16 tonight. We'll be looking at the fifth vial. <clears throat> As I said, I'm going to try to be brief. I'm going to try, but y'all know how that works out. <laughs> Revelation chapter 16 tonight. Look at verse number 10 with me. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of 
their deeds. We see here in verses 10 and 11 tonight this fifth vial as it is poured out, as this fifth angel poured out this vial upon the seat of the beast. Now, uh, just as we've seen the past several weeks looking at these vials, we do see here yet again a great resemblance. Uh, first of all, as I'd like to point out, uh, this resemblance, this fifth vial, and has a great resemblance with the fifth trumpet uh, that we read there in chapter number 9. And uh, if you'll remember in our study there in chapter 9, I know it's been a while back, uh, but when we looked at that fifth trumpet, we seen certainly a declaration of Satan's power. And it seemed as if the, uh, the scene, the whole context for that particular trumpet, uh, it turned our attention more towards Satan himself and the power which he had over the people in the world at that moment in time. And uh, we've seen that declaration of his power, and certainly we see a, a great destruction uh, throughout this chapter. In chapter 16, uh, we see great death as well throughout this chapter, chapter 16, as we see these vials are poured out. But we see more particularly tonight uh, great darkness which is poured out in this fifth vial. Certainly, uh, we see a great depiction of demonic oppression from the bottomless pit in chapter number 9 as we refer back with this great resemblance uh, with the fifth trumpet. Uh, we've seen that bottomless pit opened up and certainly we've seen those locusts which come forth and this smoke which proceeded out of this bottomless pit. We've seen great power was had to uh, that beast, that one that would reign out of this bottomless pit. Uh, we see a great affliction upon man. And we see even more affliction upon man uh, right here as this fifth vial is poured out, particularly upon the seat of the beast. I believe this beast, no doubt, uh, is that Antichrist. This beast is Satan himself. This beast in this kingdom is that false prophet. Uh, this is the one which has that power to deceive and steal and destroy. And uh, this beast, no doubt, and his kingdom we see here is full of darkness. And great affliction is poured out upon them, upon this seat, this kingdom, Satan's seat, if you will. And it's amazing to think that God would permit such things, but of course he does. We see that it even takes place today. Uh, Satan himself has limited power, doesn't he? He has limited power, for certainly God would permit uh, things to happen, just as we see in the book of Job and how Satan uh, was allowed to a certain extent to try Job. And uh, we know that Satan has a limited reign, but it's hard for us to fathom or think. We see how wicked the world is today. But to imagine during this time period, during this tribulation is almost as if uh, Satan himself is given uh, full power to do as he would please. But And uh, I believe without a doubt that God uh, would permit according to his will. He'll permit things to happen. and But certainly this wickedness would not come without great devastation which would follow. There's a great lesson and a great principle which should be taught and preached. And I know I've said it before. Sin always has its consequences, doesn't it? Boy, a man can't go about living his life doing as he pleases and expect for everything to be hunky-dory. 
And uh, boy, when we get out of line from the Word of God, you can be sure there's great consequences that'll be had. Now, God uh, doesn't necessarily lead you down a path of wickedness, does He? No, certainly don't. But we see that God would permit one. We have free will. God would permit one to do as He would please. We see here in this passage of Scripture, just as Satan would do as he would please, there comes a time when there is great consequence for that sin and wickedness. For Satan himself, but also for the men that followed him. Uh, those wicked ones that were lost during this time of tribulation. We see that there's great devastation that will come their way. And uh, boy, I tell you, man oftentimes thinks that he can go and do as he pleases. I remember when I was uh, in high school, I thought much the same way. Young and dumb and thought we was just invincible, you see. And I thought I could just go about doing what I wanted to. And it didn't take long for the Lord to straighten my act up. And I realized some things in this walk of life. Oh, as a child of God, I couldn't just do what I wanted to do. And uh, I realized that there was consequences that was to be had because of sin, because of wickedness, because of rebellion. And the sinner man will see likewise in this pastor's scripture as well. We first of all, we uh, see this great resemblance right here as this fifth vial is poured out upon the seat of the beast, upon this kingdom, his kingdom if you will. Uh, we see not only its resemblance, but we see the reach of this vial as well. Certainly the reach is toward the kingdom of this beast as it was darkened. And I believe that as we've seen in the fifth trumpet, the smoke and the locusts that were uh, come out of the bottomless pit, uh, no doubt this smoke had overtook the people. And here we see a great resemblance as well. For not only did the smoke in the fifth trumpet overcome and bring great darkness, but we see great darkness would overcome the whole kingdom in this day, at this very moment when this vial is poured out. Now, certainly man would think himself all right, and he would think himself, uh, no doubt these men would think maybe they're doing well. Maybe life's is just as good as it ever been. And man would find out that he's wrong. I love how the Scripture tells us that there's certainly a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is death. I know many people that would profess that they may walk in the light. But as you talk to them and examine their lives and whether it line up with the scripture, we find out that they do not walk in the light, but they walk in darkness. And that's not for us to judge, but certainly we can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Somebody say amen right there. Boy, we can look and tell for certainly God Himself. As the Scripture says, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. I know there is no darkness in my Lord. Amen. And I know that these individuals, without a doubt, as they walk through this troublesome life during this tribulation period, will find themselves in this utter darkness. Boy, that's what we should preach and tell to the sinner man today. As they believe they're walking a path that is right and upright. Oh, my friend, if it's contrary to the Scripture, if it's false teaching and false doctrine, which is being proclaimed and taught today, boy, we ought to preach the truth with love. 
unto each and every individual and showed them the light of the gospel in Jesus Christ. For this world is full of darkness. And one of these days when Satan himself has such ultimate power as this, and uh, when his powers run about across the world to do as he would please, he would lead many men to a place of eternal darkness and suffering and death. It's sad to think that men would think that their world, their lives are okay. They're all right with God. I tell you what, I've run into people in this walk of life and, and uh, they profess that everything's going well. They say, oh, I, I'm just in a continual growing relationship with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And just as they're telling you that, they're lying right through their teeth. They just want you off their back. Boy, they don't want no part of that light. They'd rather walk in darkness. And man would walk in darkness and see that he's okay. He thinks he's all right. He thinks he's got it figured out. We see this kingdom is established and set up. This seed of the beast and this earthly kingdom. This demonic kingdom, if you will. One day will be covered in total darkness. We see that this kingdom, His kingdom, was full of this darkness. Not only that, we see the reach and how it reached to this kingdom and brought full of darkness to this kingdom. But also, the scripture says in verse 10, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. There's a lot to be said there, but I believe that we can break it down just by saying this. I, as we look at this particular phrase, they gnawed their tongues for pain. I began to think about that and get, given reasons why they may gnaw their tongues for pain. Uh, certainly, as we've seen already in our study in Revelation, men would do their best to try to escape pain and the judgment which is upon them. We've seen it already. Even as much that a man would even try to take his own life to escape the judgment uh, during this time of tribulation. I believe that this gnawing of their tongues for pain uh, would not only depict great agony, but I believe that it can be viewed, most importantly, in these two ways. First of all, that man is trying his best to find a way of escape from this torment that is around him. Boy, we've seen a lot of uh, eternal judgment which is poured out, uh, especially during these vials of wrath. Some pretty uh, crazy things, as we would say, is going on as these vials are poured out. A lot of torment, a lot of heartache, a lot of suffering. And man himself would even try to do anything he could to escape the torment that is right here before him. As I said, many men may try to take their own lives. As the scripture says as well. They may try to take their own lives and they'd find themselves unsuccessful. Boy, they'd find out that their lives is not theirs to take. My friend, our lives tonight is not for us to take either. Man oftentimes has tried to take his life. Even throughout our days. No many people that have done it been successful. But you see, oftentimes they've done it when you get down to the root cause. They've done it to try to escape. Certainly they were going through many hard things, troublesome times. And this way of death was a way of escape 
for them. And certainly this pain, these individuals that would gnaw their tongues for the pain, certainly maybe this gnawing of the tongue for pain was a way of escape from the torment that was being poured out upon them. They couldn't take their lives. They couldn't hide from it. If they could just bring a pain that was more gruesome than what they had received already to get their minds off of it. Boy, I think of how you've seen in the old western movies and uh, when maybe some cowboy got shot in the arm and, and they was going to dig that bullet out or they was going to take their knife and they'd get that thing red hot and they'd uh, try to solder that wound up. And that cowboy, he'd take a, a rag and he'd wrap it around a stick or something. He'd stick it in his mouth and he'd get to biting and uh, he'd bite down just as hard as he could on that stick to try to ease the pain. Now, uh, certainly chewing on that stick wouldn't help him at all, would it? If anything, it'd probably hurt your teeth. But I tell you what, hurting your teeth a little bit uh, may get your mind off the pain that's taking place. I can't help but think that this may be particularly a reason why they gnawed their tongue. Secondly, I believe that it proved their demonic leading of the wicked themselves. For an individual to gnaw their tongues just seems crazy to me, doesn't it, you? I know I've bit my tongue on accident, and it's not fun. <laughs> I've got a big mouth, <laughs> and I've bit my tongue while I was talking before. It ain't fun at all. I've bit my tongue in my sleep. Has anybody ever done that? I have. I've woke myself up biting my tongue, and it hurts, buddy. I thought I bit the tip of my tongue off one night. I bit that thing so hard. I don't know what I was dreaming. I don't know what I was doing. I guess I was snoring and my tongue was hanging halfway out of my mouth. And I thought I bit that thing off one night. But I tell you what, I would never bite my tongue on purpose. And uh, I tell you what, number one way I bit my tongue. I love to eat and y'all know it. Y'all see this gut right here. I love to eat. And I've bit my tongue a many time while I was chewing on some food. It don't feel good. It ain't something I want to do. Matter of fact, Graydon a while back, he was eating something. And uh, you knew right just as soon as he done it, we was eating. He goes, ow. He starts a crying. And I knew he'd bit his tongue. And uh, I tell you what, it hurts to bite your tongue. And I don't know of anybody that would do it on purpose. We know the Bible says these folks did. They gnawed their tongues for pain. It's hard to fathom, it's hard to think, but certainly I believe that this depicts approving of the demonic leading upon these individuals in that day. I can't help but think of those that would inflict uh, such pain upon themselves. Not only in biting of tongues, but uh, there's all manners in which an individual would inflict pain upon themselves today. Certainly there's people that will cut their wrists and try to inflict pain upon their bodies. i tell you one thing. God will never lead you to cut your wrist. I know there's a lot of people uh, that they'll take drugs, prescription medications, and overdose. And uh, they'll do it trying to inflict pain upon their bodies and even death. I'll tell you one thing. My God in heaven would never lead somebody to do that. Let me tell you something, friend. The Scripture's clean and clear. Boy, when it comes to inflicting pain upon ourselves as an individual, I believe it's just like that maniac of Gadara. Boy, he found himself jumping and falling into flames. 
He found, they found him a cutting himself, mutilating his body. Oh, my friend, that was a depiction of demonic oppression upon that man's life. And I believe that this gnawing of the tongues is also a depiction of demonic leading or demonic oppression upon these individuals. They wasn't following God's lead, were they? And there's many people today that still do much the same thing. Sadly, they go through this walk of life. They try to find reasoning in this walk of life. Oh, if they would just know Jesus. If they just know the love of my darling Savior. They wouldn't find themselves in a bathtub with a razor blade trying to take their life. Oh, if they just knew the love of my darling Savior, they wouldn't find themselves with a gun in their mouth. If they just knew the love of my darling Savior, Jesus Christ, and how He loves them eternally, they wouldn't try to mutilate their bodies and this old flesh and take their own lives. Oh, my friend, it's up to you and I tonight to tell a world that tries to inflict such pain upon themselves whether ignorantly or knowingly, there's people out there that'll do it. It amazes me. It seems like we get reports every day. I know people in the fire department, first responders. I know Brother Darren's in the fire department. No doubt these firefighters, these first responders, these paramedics, they get calls all the time as people overdose. And it amazes me how many overdoses we see in this county and even throughout the, the state, throughout the United States, throughout the world, how many overdoses uh, that we see as a nation and globally as well. People trying to inflict pain upon themselves. People trying to get themselves away from all the troubles and torments that they're experiencing. Just as these individuals gnawed their tongues for pain, these people today that are doing their best to try to escape the torment that is around them. Certainly the demons of hell are oppressing them to do such things that they do today. No doubt many of them are running from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Boy, they need Jesus. They need to know Him and His love which He has for them. They need to hear the truth and how Jesus Christ died for the sinner man. Oh, my friend, how Jesus Christ he took Himself, bore our sins upon that old rugged cross that we may have eternal life through Him. My friend, we don't have to find our lives and ourselves suffering in such pain and agony, trying to take our own lives or trying to ease the pain. For Christ took our burden and our wrath upon Him. I'm thankful that God's wrath was appeased that day on Calvary's cross. When He pay our, paid our sin debt. Certainly there's people that'll cut themselves and abuse drugs, but also this same type of mutilation, I believe, would involve uh, not only a cutting or a marking of the skin, but even a tattoo. And these people that try to escape who they truly are. God has made you just like you are, honey, and you stay that way. He wants you to be who you are. He don't want you to mark up your body with tattoos. He don't want you to mark up your flesh and cover it up what He's made. Boy, I know folks that may have uh, some kind of scar, some kind of wound. They'll try to cover it up with some kind of picture. Things of that nature. 
They're not happy with who they are. They're not happy with how they look. They think they got to be painted up. Let me tell you something, honey. That's a, just a simple form of mutilating yourself. I don't believe it's right. I don't believe it's fitting for an individual to mutilate their bodies or their flesh in such a way as that. And certainly there's many folks who try to get around things. Even by this mutilation, this very topic could go on and on. And we see folks trying to escape the pain and torments and agony by many routes and avenues today. And they even will during this fifth vial as they gnaw their tongues for pain. We see not only the resemblance, we see the reach, but we also see the response just as we saw last week. Boy, much the same response, but I find something very amazing about this response. Look at verse 11. They gnawed their tongues for pain. Verse 11 says, And blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and sorrow and sores, and repenting not of their deeds. We see that certainly their response was that they had blasphemed the God of heaven. Just as we saw last week, all the agony that had come before them, the sores that were upon the people, and they had blasphemed God, blamed Him. All the torment that had come their way. You imagine the intense heat which they had to endure, as we've seen last week. Certainly some uh, pretty detrimental things. People find enough reason today to blaspheme God, don't they? I made the comment last week, it don't have to get that hot for somebody to blaspheme God. Boy, those men at work, while they're in there on the plant floor, boy, it gets hot in that plant sometimes. And before you know it, they get to cussing and a ranting and a raving because it's too hot in there. You imagine how hot it'll be in that day. Certainly men will blaspheme God then. What I find amazing, interesting, is mind-boggling to me how this pastor scripture says they blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and sores. Now we know last week they blasphemed him because of direct effects from God as God's wrath was poured out upon them. But we see here something amazing. They blaspheme God for their own pain. Pain which they had inflicted upon themselves. It sounds crazy to me. God had poured out His wrath and His torment upon these individuals. They blasphemed Him. But when they begin to gnaw their own tongues for pain, and they blame God for that too. I find it kind of ignorant. For a lack of better words, Tony, I find it stupid. For an individual to inflict pain upon himself. Not only is it stupid to inflict pain upon yourself. But it's pretty stupid to inflict pain upon yourself and blame God for it. I see a picture of these individuals how they ignorantly inflicted pain upon themselves, gnawing their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains. As soon as they done it, 
And it's as if they blame God for it. Certainly this pain and this darkness which had come upon them was for great reason. For God will certainly permit things to happen. Just as I said about Job, He'll permit awful things to happen even in Job's life. Job drew closer. He'll permit Satan to do a particular work. We know this work, this wickedness, this sinfulness in the world at this time, though it may be permitted, there will come a time when there's consequences. Consequences for the wickedness. Consequences for the sin and iniquities of the people. Consequences, my friend, though man may not understand and as the Scripture says, and repenting not of their deeds. Reprobates they were. Never coming to an understanding or knowledge of, nor ever will. Reprobates. Unsorrowful. It's sad to think but we know this shall come to pass. It's sad enough the world we live in today. You know it. When you see all the evil that's in the world today, as I said last week, it's amazing to think of the long suffering of God. We see how the world is today, but yet you look and read this passage of Scripture and you see how bad it will get. And to know that God is long-suffering enough to endure even unto the beginning of that period. This time in which God's wrath is poured out without mercy. You know, before then, man had a chance. He had an opportunity to get right with the Lord. But in these passages which we've read past several weeks, this wrath is poured out with no mixture of mercy, with no long suffering. We know these things will come to pass and it's sad to read that man would not repent. While we know we live in a time of such great grace and long suffering, it should be up to us to reach this lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ever having the gospel upon our lips. And telling this lost world about the love of Christ. What He's done for us. Before it's too late. May we tell the sinner man the truth. May we show him this love. That he may come to Christ. Be saved by His marvelous grace. I'm thankful for... God saving my soul as a nine-year-old boy. Boy, even when I didn't understand it all, as I said before, I don't understand how electricity works, but I ain't going to sit in the dark till I figure it out. I feel much the same way about that day when I come to Christ. I didn't understand it all, but I knew one thing. I was lost and undone. I needed Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Boy, that day I accepted Him. 
There's nothing I could ever do to repay Him, but I simply want to give my life unto Him for Him to use. It's not always been a bed of roses. There's been ups and downs in this Christian walk. Times where I've failed Him. Boy, I'm thankful for His grace and His long-suffering to deal with me even after Boy, after I come to Him and He saved my never-dying soul, He was still long-suffering and gracious enough to guide me along just as a father would lead a son. But to think the day would come in which there is no more long-suffering for the wicked. It's sad to read and our minds is hard to comprehend it. I ask you to continue your study. Go home and look at the rest of these vials. Certainly you may have something for us as we go through this study. I do encourage you. And uh, me and Brother Willie's had some awesome conversation about some of these passages. And, and I encourage others as well. There's a topic, if there's a question, or maybe you have a point uh, that you would like to present. Anything like that. Just let us know. And we need you in this study. I like a good participation of the congregation in a study. Amen. But y'all continue your study here in Revelation chapter 16. Let's go home praying. Let's come back praying for what the Lord have in store for us Sunday morning. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for the study tonight. We thank you, Father, for your many blessings of life. I thank you for guiding us through the study. And Lord, I thank you for getting our attention on particular things. And helping us through the study. And Lord, I can't expound upon the scriptures. I, I'm, I'm not a good teacher. Not a good preacher. But Lord, I know with your help, we can exp expound on the scriptures just as best we know how. And Father, you'll bless it. Lord, I pray that you'd use the scripture. May it touch the hearts of your people tonight. May we see the great need of reaching this lost and dying world. Lord, while your grace abounds, Lord, while you're still gracious enough to hear and receive and save that one which is lost, Lord, I pray that while we're here as workmen, May we present this loving gospel to a lost and dying world. Father, I pray you keep us safe tonight as we go our separate ways. Help us all to have a good week. Keep us safe as we travel home tonight. First in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.